Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about upcoming events, our online store, how to donate, the podcast, daily devotionals, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 called Your Body is Temple. says, do you not know, 15, that your bodies are members of Christ? The word member there is kind of pictures that, you know, members is used in Romans like your hands and your eyes and so forth. And here, it's a picture of a limb or an organ of the body of Christ. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ, that which Christ inhabits, Take that away from its proper use and make them members of a harlot or a prostitute. And then Paul uses this strong language. You could say it this way. God forbid, perish the thought, never, exclamation point, may it never be. That's how strong this is. That you would take something that God has now said is sacred and attach it to something that is not. In fact, the prostitutes of the day of Paul were connected directly, in many cases, to pagan temples. In fact, they were considered to be servants of pagan gods and goddesses. And they believed, to a large degree, that they went, when they had uh, a sexual uh, relationship with someone, that they were serving the false god or goddess. Now, can you imagine this? This, this is hard to take, but imagine for a moment, a man is in the Corinthian congregation. He goes to a morning service. Worship's going forth. He's raising his hands. He's praising the Lord Jesus. Let's just say he's a Christian. And he experiences the power of the Holy Spirit. And he gets filled up. And the Word of God is taught. And let's say that he leaves church, walks through the Corinthian city, goes to the temple of Aphrodite, and then sleeps with a prostitute who serves a false goddess. Can you see what Paul is saying? He's saying, what, what a major disconnect from a moment where you are communing with the living God in this sacred, incredible relationship, and then you leave and go and commune with a pagan God through a prostitute. Are you with me? See, this is, this is what's happening here. Light and darkness now coming together. The, that which should be glorifying Christ taken away to, uh, into this sort of relationship. So the Christian life is one where Christ and his ways and his power are uppermost. You and I are vessels of God. We are to serve him as clean vessels. But let's face it, we live in a world that is dirty. (laughs) It doesn't take much. It doesn't take but a second to find how weak your flesh can be. Amen? You can feel so spiritual in church, so close to God, and it could be in a microsecond, sometimes in the church parking lot, sometimes at the donut table, when you say, but where's the one with the sprinkles? And somebody says, oh, so-and-so just took the last one. What? (laughs) Self. I like my sprinkles. Right? Or it could be traffic, or it could just be we're watching television and a commercial 
uh, comes on or something, and the darkness of our flesh is evident. Amen? Nobody wants to say amen to that one. I don't want to say, I'm not going to amen a negative statement. (laughs) But here's the deal, right? We see the struggle. That's why we're told to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. That's why we're told to put on the armor of God. We are in a battle. Every single moment of every single day. Let's be honest with each other. It is a battle. That's why the Bible says, guard your eyes. Watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it springs the issues of life. And we can casually as Christians say, it's no big deal. I won't be affected by it. But the truth is, we all are. Do you not know, 16, that the one who joins himself to a harlot is one body with her. Now look at this. For he says... The two will become one flesh. Now, you could write in your Bible Genesis 2.24 because that's where it comes from. In some way, when a person sleeps with someone outside of their marriage, here a prostitute, they enter into a one flesh relationship even though here it's not marriage. I had a friend who some years ago said, he read 1 Corinthians 6 and he said, does that mean that anybody you sleep with, you're automatically married to them? And I said, I sure hope not. <laughs> That's not what the Bible's saying. And I said that in response to that because of all the immorality. There's a lot of people who then who don't know they're married that they are, right? No, but here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, you're taking something intended for marriage, Genesis 2.24, and taking it into a relationship that's not marriage, but acting as if it was marriage. And some people are doing that, right? Acting as if they were married when they're not married. And so the two people have sex. Notice the idea of joining himself. And there's an inevitable unifying or uniting effect. One body. Notice, one flesh. From my notes. Sex is something that involves the whole self and surrender to another. Sexual intercourse is the joining together of persons with all their spiritual associations and is not simply the coupling of bodies. It is well beyond a hug, a touch, or a kiss. Sexual union creates an enduring bond, a oneness. There is no such thing as casual sex. There is nothing else that involves us, all of us, including our bodies. Everything we are quite like sex does. People could have their reasons. They could say, well, uh, I got together with this person for pleasure or gratification. The prostitute might say for financial gain, right? Let's be honest, that's why she's doing it. Because she either is serving the god or goddess or she gets some sort of financial benefit from it. Well, the, the people on either side could make their case of, as to why. But the Bible's saying what happens when this happens. And furthering the argument, he says the one seventeen who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Greek word, if you're interested, is kaleo for joins, K-O-L-L-A-O. The verb is used in the Septuagint to refer to sensual unions and spiritual bonds. 
And so you've joined yourself to the Lord in a spiritual relationship and your intimacy in marriage in some mysterious way pictures that. And of course, our relationship with the Lord is much different than our sexual union in, in marriage, but our marriages in some way become a type of picture of our closeness to God. And I will not tell you that I completely understand that, but here's what Paul says. This is Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, Ephesians 5, 31 and 32, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. So our marriage has become a message of the gospel. Our love one for another, our fidelity to one another, our commitment to one another, our intimacy with one another. And so this is why Paul says in 18, flee, that means run away, shun. It's a present imperative. It means habitual action. Make it your habit to flee immorality or pornea. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body. But the immoral man seems like a pattern of life. He's an immoral man. Sins against his own body. Because of this union with God, when we sin sexually, we sin against the Lord and against ourselves in a unique way. One writer says, physically and spiritually, um, with one spouse, a one flesh union uh, is pictured here, and spiritually with the Lord. Thus, sexual sin strikes at the very roots of our being, violating that for which we were created. So you say, well, what's the solution? In a crazy culture like ours, run! <laughs> Flee! This is what Joseph did with Potiphar's wife, right? Every day she was saying, sleep with me, sleep with me, sleep with me. My husband's away, sleep with me. And finally, Joseph literally ran away. David didn't run away. David saw Bathsheba. He tried to inquire about her. And then, and the whole time you're reading the story of David, you're like, David, stop. David, run. Why? Because you know how the story ends. It's going to be ugly. David, no. You want to yell through the corridors of time at him. Stop. But the story has been told. Later, he'll say, flee idolatry. Here he says, flee immorality. Because sexual sin hits at the very root of our being. It's a sin against our own body. In what sense? Well, it's unique in this sense that it hits at the very core of us for all the reasons I've given you. Yes, other sins like drunkenness and even self-mutilation hurt our body. But in some way, sexual sin uniquely is a sin against our own body. And there are some that argue that Paul's even talking about venereal disease, which was rampant in the first century and rampant now. And so he says, to sum up, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, that you are not your own? Don't you know this? Third time in the section, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? This is the commentator, Um, with U-M. He says, no other religion would ever dare say anything even remotely close to that. God's, small g, lived in temples, not human bodies. 
Gods keep their distance. They don't wrap themselves up with people, especially not with their bodies. Hi, I'm Sydney from Norco, California, and you're listening to Walk in Truth. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Gods, small g, lived in temples, not human bodies. Gods keep their distance. They don't wrap themselves up with people, especially not with their bodies. But when you trusted Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, and your body has become his temple. Is that not amazing? Is that not incredible? God is not some distant deity. He's not even a deity that lives in a temple specially designed for Him. He lives in a different kind of temple specially designed for Him. And that temple is you. You. And that should change our world view. (laughs) Amen? Because each time I'm going to make a decision, now I say, wait a minute, Christ lives in me, the hope of glory. I say, Lord, what would you have me to do? I might even say, Lord, I am struggling and my flesh wants to give in right now to this temptation. Help me. You live in me. Empower me. I have to be honest with the Lord. I am weak. I need help. Help me. You live in me. I'm going to call upon you. And this is the incredible truth. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. God Himself, in some way that I don't fully understand, lives in my body. Why would He ever do that? (laughs) We know each other, right? We know other Christians, and sometimes we have to say, really? (laughs) God God lives in you? Little girl said that. Mommy, I'm a little bit confused. The preacher says that God is so big that He fills the entire universe. But then the preacher says that God lives inside our hearts. If God is so big and yet He lives in us, wouldn't He show through? And the answer is yes. Don't little kids say wonderful things? (laughs) Yes, he should be showing through. And I do need to surrender. You see, brothers and sisters, you and I, 20, have been bought with the price. In light of this, therefore, glorify God. Where? In your body. Goodspeed says you've been bought and paid for. Spurgeon says your body was a willing horse when it was in service of the devil. Let it not be sluggish, a sluggish hack now that it draws the chariot of Christ. Close quote. Wow. I close with this. You've been bought with a price. Scriptures like 
1 Peter uh, 1, where it says, we've been bought with the precious blood of Christ. Ephesians 1, 7, we have redemption through his blood. Jesus saying, I gave my life as a ransom for many, all come to mind. But here's the story I close with. Remember the story of the book of Hosea? Hosea's name means uh, salvation. And it's a beautiful book in the Old Testament. If you haven't studied it before, it's, it's majestic. Here's what happens. God, to picture his relationship with Israel, tells his prophet Hosea to marry a woman that will be unfaithful to him. And many people believe it's prophetic, that, that God's warning him that in the future she'll cheat on you. Some believe that she's actually a prostitute. And so Hosea is faithful and he does what the Lord uh, calls him to do. And he marries a woman named Gomer. <laughs> I don't know what the parents were thinking, but all I can say is surprise, surprise, surprise. Some of you remember Gomer Pyle. Others of you will not. That's okay. So he has some children with the woman, with Gomer, and uh, their names have prophetic symbolic uh, meaning. And sure enough, uh, she cheats on him. She, she leaves and she's with another man or she goes to, off to be a prostitute. Don't know which for sure. But she goes and she's adulterous. She cheats on Hosea, whose name means salvation. And so here's the scene. This is chapter three. It's only five verses. So eventually uh, Hosea finds out about it and he's been warned by God and he has to go to what appears to be a slave auction. And there his wife is being sold. Perhaps by something like a pimp. She's indebted herself in some way by her lifestyle choices and being sold on the auction block. Perhaps for the highest bidder. Can you imagine? There she is, embarrassed. This is kind of how the ancient world worked. And let's say there's someone who says, who will offer five shekels for this woman? Who will... Man in, man in the black over there. Who will offer 10? Oh, there's a man in the white over there. Who will offer 15 shekels for this woman here? And a voice in the crowd says, I will. Sounds vaguely familiar to Gomer because the voice is the voice of Hosea. And he buys his wife back after she cheats on him. Imagine that. He goes to the slave auction. Can I get 15 shekels? And he says, me. And he gives some grain as well, which may equal 30 pieces of silver, which is the price or the cost of a slave. And he buys his wife back out of the life of adultery and fornication. And he says these words to her, and I'll, I'll just paraphrase them in our modern language, something like this. He buys her with his money, and he says, I bought you, you're bought and paid for. Let's go home. I love you so much. Let's go home. Please don't do that anymore. Please don't cheat on me anymore. But I love you so much, I had to buy you back. That's the language of redemption. Hosea's name means salvation. This is what the Lord did. I was that person on the auction block, I have to tell you.
I grew up with knowledge about God. I knew some things about the Bible. But I had sold myself into sin. Maybe you could relate. I'd done many, many things the wrong way. I experienced emptiness and brokenness, a lot of which came from my own background and my own wounds. Somehow I bought into the world's mantras and little short, snappy sayings. Found myself on an auction block, enslaved to various lusts. And there was a salvation figure. His name is Jesus. And he bought me with the price. Not 30 shekels, not silver and gold, but his precious blood. And he said something like this, Michael, I love you so much. Come home with me and don't do that anymore. That's what your salvation is. See, this is what the Bible teaches. We have good news of great joy to share. It's true, we failed. It's true, we've made mistake, e mistakes even after becoming a Christian. It's true. But we have a Savior who says, I love you so much. You're bought and paid for. Come home with me and don't go back to that life. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was part three and the conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 called Your Body, His Temple. Remember, one way we'd love to help equip you with God's truth is to answer your question right here on the program. Has someone asked you about your faith or the Bible and you weren't quite sure how to answer them? Well, Pastor Michael would love to help you get the answer. Email your question to us. Visit walkintruth.com to email us or call and leave your question on our voicemail. Just be brief and tell us where you're calling from. The number is 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, it seems in our day and age that we can we have people telling us that we can kind of disassociate what I, what we do with our body from who we are spiritually or otherwise. And the truth of the matter is that our body does matter. What we do with our body matters. What we do in terms of honoring God with our sexuality matters. Doing things His way, honoring God and knowing that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in us. Just think about how profound that is, that God lives in you. He lives within you. And so what you do with this body matters. And that's what this message has really been all about. Our body, his temple. What a great and glorious privilege to have God living within us. And what a great responsibility to walk out that reality as well. We don't do it perfectly, of course. Well, we all know that. We need the grace of God, but but we want to honor God in our body. That's Paul's point, because we've been bought with a price. We've been bought with an incredibly precious price, the blood of Christ. And so that's what motivates godly living is that he first loved us. So I want to encourage you to repent of anything in your life that may be dishonoring to God. I want to Look at myself as well and say, Lord, help me to, to be faithful with this body that you bless me with. You created me in your image. And that's one of the ways that we can, I think, live a godly life is to consider who we are in Jesus and how much he loves us. Hey, well, we've had eight new people commit to partnering with Walk in Truth, giving $20 and $30 a month. 
This is how we're going to expand our reach. And if you've been blessed by the program, we would love for you to become a monthly partner. We want to broadcast on more stations. We have opportunities even on some secular stations and radio stations that are playing just uh, the majority, just music. And we'd like to get on there and reach out to people just like you. Now, we only need 89 more new people to commit to $30 a month to hit a goal that we've been telling you about to get on multiple radio stations, just 89 more people. You can be one of those. Just giving $30 a month, that's pretty much like a fast food meal with a couple of people or maybe a weekly cup of coffee at one of the famous places out there. If you want to recommit that money somewhere else or you you say, hey, 30 bucks a month would not be an issue for me, Pastor Michael, would you consider walking truth, especially the end of the year? It'd be great for us, but we do need monthly partners. Click on the donate button at walkintruth.com and uh, hey, start partnering today because you will help us reach more people just like you. Hey, I would like to invite you to our Sunday service on the first day of Advent to come to church at Living Truth, the great church behind Walk in Truth. We're in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. We have services at 9 and 11, 15 a.m., and we'd love for you to come as we begin to celebrate Advent, and we're going to look at a great Christmas prophecy. We'd love for you to be here. The information and directions to Living Truth in Corona can be found when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store or go to walkintruth.com. You can find out everything you need to know. Click on the church tab at walkintruth.com. We'll catch you next time on the program. Tune in next week because Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is all about answering questions about marriage. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.